You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. And the thing is that when you know that God is right here, it kind of changes your behavior. It kind of changes what you're going to say. It kind of changes how you're going to act, where you're going to go, what you're going to see, what you're going to allow into your heart. It changes everything. Because you know that he's right here. What are you looking at? Oh, hi, Jesus. What are you doing? Nothing. (laughs) When you were a child, do you remember how you felt when you heard your name being called? There were probably times when the first thing that came to mind was, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. It probably made you wary to find out what you were being called for. In today's message, Pastor Holland reminds us of the goodness of God, how He's not looking to punish us, but to forgive us. Of course, we all deserve the wrath of God, but in His love for us, He gave us mercy, and in His grace, He blesses us. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Numbers chapter 5 as he begins his message, Blessing in the Wilderness. Now in chapter 5, God gives the conditions of being married. And first, they were to remove all defilement. In Numbers chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, everyone who has a discharge, and everyone who becomes defiled by a corpse. And that word defiled means to be made dirty or unclean or polluted or tainted or impure. And so what is God saying as a condition of our betrothal as a condition of our marriage, I don't want you to be defiled by anything. I don't want you to be polluted by anything. I don't want anything to come in and damage you. Damage you. He's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about the bride. I don't want you to be harmed in any way. Jesus said the same thing to us. He said, and he, Jesus, said, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. These things hurt you. These things taint you. They injure you. They cause you harm. God doesn't want you to be harmed. Now that you're in relationship with him, he doesn't want that to happen to you. And so he says, get away from it. Put it out of your life. Get far away from it. Don't let it enter into your relationship with me. I was on the radio with Jim Hesterly recently, and we have a program in the Midwest called Biblical Insights, uh, and we were doing an interview, and he was talking about how in the very first Afterglow service he did, he said, you know, there's someone here, and you're in a, a relationship, and you know you shouldn't be in this relationship. It's an adulterous relationship, and you've lost the sweet communion with the Holy Spirit, and the Lord wants to call you back because he wants to establish that sweet communion with you again. And 
immediately a guy jumps up and he goes, that's me. I'm that person. I've lost the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. I want to experience that closeness with God that I once experienced. And he repented. And after service, the lady came up and said, I'm the lady. And she repented and got herself right with God in order that that sweet communion would be established. God doesn't want us to be tainted. He wants us to remove those things out of our lives so that we're not hurting ourselves. Second, they were to remove any offense. In Numbers uh, 5 or 6, it says, Speak to the children of Israel. When a man or woman commits any sin that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord, and that person is guilty, then he shall confess the sin which he has committed. He shall make restitution for his trespass in full, plus one-fifth of it, 20%, and to give it to the one he has wronged. So if you willfully do something bad, it'll cost you 20% more. That's God's interest rate. So the word sin that is used here is it's the word for transgression. It means to willfully break the law of God. It's not like you're making a mistake. It's not that you're, you know, you're kind of like wanting to do the right thing, but you don't do the right thing, or you're trying to do the right thing, and you just don't have it within you, and you blow it somehow. He's talking about those that willfully do something, and they know it's wrong. They know they're breaking the law of God, but they do it anyhow. That's what he's talking about. And he knows that you're going to hurt somebody, but they do it anyhow, and they hurt someone anyhow. And he said, if you do that, fix the relationship. Make restitution. Bring wholeness into that relationship. Remove all offenses. Have a clear conscience between you and God. And that's another condition of our betrothal with God. He doesn't want anything weighing on our conscience. He wants us to have a clear conscience before him. Paul says it in Acts 24, 16. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. And so if there is an offense on your mind, something that you know you have done, then the Bible says, go and make it right. Go and make it right. And then come back and bring your offering. Then come back and receive forgiveness. But remove the offenses. God doesn't want anything weighing on our conscience. Third, they were to remove jealousy. And this also speaks to having the correct order in the relationship. In Numbers 5.29, it says, This is the law of jealousy. When a wife while under her husband's authority goes astray and defiles herself, or when the spirit of jealousy comes upon a man and he becomes jealous of his wife, then he shall stand the woman before the Lord and the priest shall execute all this law upon her. Then the man shall be free from iniquity, but that woman shall bear her guilt. And what God is doing here is he's recognizing something that is very destructive in relationships, and that's jealousy. Jealousy is so destructive. It undermines faith. It undermines trust. It undermines love. And the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So it puts the relationship in an impossible situation. Something that can't be overcome because of this jealousy. 
And God says, you need to get the jealousy out. But he also establishes the order. He talks about when a wife, while under her husband's authority, goes astray and defiles her. Now, in the original Hebrew, as I taught this last week, the word authority is not in there. It literally says in the Hebrew, the wife is under the husband. And it has not to do with control, but it has to do with covering, with protection, that she is under the protection of her husband, that she's under the covering of her husband. And that covering should be one of prayer. It should be one of love. It should be one of, you know, defending and protecting the relationship. That's what the covering of the husband should be. Never one of control. Never one of manipulation. And when the woman goes out from under that covering, the rabbis say she goes insane. Because what person in their right mind goes out into an unprotected environment? What person does that? When you have everything that you need under the covering of God, when you have everything that you need, what person in their right mind goes to a place and seeks something, goes to a dangerous place where there's no protection, seeking something that they already have provided for them. What person does that? That's insanity. That's why the rabbis teach that the Torah brings sanity into our lives. The Bible brings sanity back into our lives. When we begin to live life God's way, our life makes sense. We become sane once again. How are we to deal with jealousy in the New Testament? It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 4 of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You see, when we begin to see each other as Jesus sees us, when we begin to show the tender heart of Jesus to one another, when we begin to show the kindness of Jesus to one another, when we begin to forgive one another in the same way that we have been forgiven, have you ever thought about how you have been forgiven? Did Jesus come to you and say, you owe me a thousand bucks? Or did Jesus ever come to you and say, let's make a deal. You give me your house, you give me your truck, I'll forgive you. No. He comes to you and says, listen, I forgive you. Well, what, what do I have to do to get it? Receive it. You don't know what I've done. Yes, I do. I've done a lot. I should do something already paid for. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. 
When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. There's nothing you can do to pay for or earn the forgiveness of God. You just receive it. That's how we're to forgive one another. We don't look at people and say, well, if you do these three things, then I'll forgive you. We're to forgive as Christ has forgiven us. Fourth, they were to be separated to God alone in number six. And we see this in the law of the Nazarite. Uh, This is the law of the Nazarite who vows to the Lord the offering for his separation. And besides that, whatever else his hand is able to provide according to the vow which he takes, so he must do according to the law of his separation. Now the purpose of the Nazarite vow was to separate himself, to willingly set aside time to seek the Lord. And this really has to do with a life that is given over with love and devotion for God alone. He is my all in all. John wrote in 1 John 2, Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You love the things of the world? The love of the Father is not in you. That is so judgmental and rude. I didn't write it. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. You see, there's only one thing that lasts for eternity. And that is what God desires. His will lasts for eternity. What God does lasts for eternity. I wouldn't classify myself, I, you know, I'm, I was young. I wouldn't say I'm old. But I've lived long enough to do things that didn't last. Have you? Things that I spent all of my life on, all my hours on, hours away from my family building up, only to see it all fall apart and not last. I don't want to do that anymore. I want what I do to remain. I want it to last. I want it to matter. And only what is done by the will of God abides forever. And these are the terms of the betrothal that we enter into with God. These are the terms that he set aside. I only want you and nothing else. I don't want anything to harm you. I want you to get away from everything that harms you. I want you to be be devoted to me only. And then in exchange, God gives us a gift. And that gift is the blessing. It's the most popular verse, well-known verse in the book of Numbers. We say it at the end of every service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 
So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. That is the gift that God gives to you. That's the engagement ring or the betrothal ring. That is the gift of great value that he gives as a result of this ketubah. Let's break it down. It says, the Lord, the yud heh vav the the name of God, the covenant name of God, the name that God uses when he's making an everlasting covenant with man and a covenant for relationship, an agreement for relationship. It says, the Lord bless you, which literally means may the Lord show his favor upon you. And I don't know if you've ever been the recipient of someone's favor you know, where someone gives you a hookup or something like that, like you want to get into some place and you can't get in. You call your buddy who just happens to be head of security or something. And they like let you slide in the back door. That's favor. That's divine favor. God gives you his divine favor. He opens doors for you. He shuts doors for you. He's a gentleman. That's the way he is. And it says that, he, and he will keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Literally, that word keep you means to guard over you, to protect you. He's watching over you. There's no harm that will come to you once you're in this relationship because he loves you and he wants to protect you. May his face shine upon you. That face always represents the presence of God. May his presence shine, illuminate you. In other words, may his presence direct you, guide you, lead you. May you be led by his presence, the real presence of God. May he be gracious to you, which means to show grace to you, to show kindness to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Means may he put his face before you. If you remember in the book of Exodus, when we were looking at Mount Sinai, the Lord said that Moses said, don't be afraid of the Lord because he wants to put the fear on your face. In other words, he wants to put his presence, his face right on your face so that you will know what will is. So everywhere you go, you see the presence of God right there with you where you're able to see him working. And the thing is that when you know that God is right here, it kind of changes your behavior. It kind of changes what you're going to say. It kind of changes how you're going to act, where you're going to go, what you're going to see, what you're going to allow into your heart. It changes everything because you know that he's right here. What are you looking at? Oh, hi, Jesus. What are you doing? Nothing. You got somewhere to go, Jesus? (laughs) That's how he wants us to live. He promises that he's going to put his presence right before us. And to give you peace. It's that word shalom, which is peace in relationship, financial peace, emotional peace, peace in your business, peace in your home, peace with God. The absence of war. There's no more fighting. There's no more bickering. There's no more combativeness. There's just the peace of God. Your heart's at rest. And the power of the blessing is that God always does what he says he will do. It can be counted on. I don't think we understand what it means to live in blessing. 
I really don't. Because if you did, you wouldn't choose the things that don't matter for eternity. If you understood the power of what God has given you, you wouldn't choose lesser things. And as C.S. Lewis said, the problem with man is not that he thinks too highly of himself, it's that he thinks too lowly of himself. Because what God has promised goes far beyond what we could ever think or imagine, and we settle for less than what God has for us. When God has so much more for you. And in verse 27, he says, They will put my name on the children of Israel. And this is the one part of the blessing that requires participation. We're to put God's name, which means we're to teach our children to follow the Lord. And that as we put God's name on our children, he will bless them too. What a blessing is that? Not only is the blessing for us, but the blessing is for our children and our children's children to a thousand generations. People love to quote, you know, the curse. Up to three or four generations. You know what I'd rather quote? The blessing up to a thousand generations. Wipes away the curse. Breaks the curse. And brings the blessing of God in your life. That's what God has agreed to for you and for me. If you've never said yes to him, you don't know what you're missing. But I've just told you what awaits you. That God promises to bless you. That God promises to protect you. And he is a man of his word. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word to us. Lord, and I pray for those that have never surrendered their lives to you. Lord, I pray for those that maybe at one time had made that commitment and they have been faltering. They haven't been faithful. And this morning you're stirring their hearts, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would lead them to surrender their lives to you. And if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, you can pray this prayer, mean it with all your heart. And say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me for living for myself. Forgive me for everything I've done to break your law. I want to live for you. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. And give me your power to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, thank you for listening to the program today. You know, the statistics on life are quite staggering. It's been said that one out of every one person is going to die. And on that day, are you going to be ready? Are you going to be ready to meet God? Well, you can be ready. You can have that assurance that your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven by praying a simple prayer and mean it with all your heart to say, Lord Jesus, I want to be ready to meet you. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me for all my sins and wash me clean 
of all the wickedness I've done. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you've prayed that prayer with me right now, I can tell you with full assurance that you are going to be in heaven. Thanks for tuning in today to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. You've been listening to just one message in a series through the book of Numbers. Isn't it interesting that God gave the Israelites a chance to spy out the land, showing them the promise and the blessing that He would give them? But the people became fearful of the enemy. The truth is, it's easy to get stuck in that mode nowadays as well. God promises blessing for His followers, but it's easy to get bogged down by the things that look hard to overcome. The examples you read about in the Bible are a guide to help you learn from their mistakes. Don't let fear and doubt crowd your mind and heart. Let God's courage and strength ignite a drive to do the things God's called you to do, like Joshua and Caleb did. If you've been enjoying these messages and you live in the San Clemente area, why not join us in person to hear more? You can join us this weekend for church. We have services every Sunday and Thursday where we dig into the Bible together and spend time getting to know one another in deeper, more meaningful ways. Just visit calvarysanclemente.org for service times and directions. You can also be a part of our services virtually. We're streaming through YouTube and Facebook Live as well as on our website. Again, you'll find those links at calvarysanclemente.org. That's all we have time for today. But we do look forward to the next edition as Pastor Holland continues on in the book of Numbers right here on Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at worshipliferadio.com.